call is being recorded. Hi, Chioma here. And I'm Mita. We're cousins and good friends who decided to turn our hours-long weekly phone calls into a podcast. Come into the room. Our open conversations are now open to you. In partnership with our friends at Yawa, this is Are You Me? And that's just at home, at school too, like that yeah. would not make any sense. Like none of these things made. Oh my gosh! And the school I went to, st- stories for we saw something called conference beating. <laughs> it sounds and, like what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly that. You, the teachers will set up so they'll say, okay, bring out. They'll bring out multiple tables, maybe five or six. So they'll come bring all the canes from the office. So the different teachers will be at each table. So you go from table to table mm-hmm. to get beaten. So you have to you can form a line. This is it's like a conference. Like you move from table. To, actually, if you call it an assembly line of beating, really, if we really think about it, but we call it conference beating. Like and you move from and then at some point, the teachers are tired. They'll rotate teachers. Like teachers will swap in and out at, at the tables. And so you kind of be like, okay, like you kind of know, like you like depending on what teacher you're getting, you know what kind of. Like what is what mm-hmm. is in the book? And then the worst part was if the teachers knew you or liked you or knew your parents, you got beaten extra. And that was always me. Extra? Extra beating. It didn't yeah. help you get out of the beating. No, 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 no. They beat you extra for the fact that they know you and they like you and they care you about know, you. That doesn't add up. No, I'm te- like, like I'm telling you. <laughs> like we get beaten extra. And I just like always, I'm like, what sense does that make? But that again, no this is like this literally our lives. Like I also had a class teacher then. I also went to a school where they put us in classes according to like how well, how like great you performed academically, Mm -hmm. which now that I'm looking back, I'm like, that's such a terrible thing to do. So if you say I'm in red, people kind of know, okay, like smart kids. Right. If you say I'm in pink, people are like, oh, um, if you say you're in yellow, then they know you repeated. So if (laughs) (laughs) yellow was repeated class (laughs) oh my god right like it's terrible right when you look back on it you're like wow what a terrible Mm -hmm. thing to do to people (laughs) like that's not a good thing to have like but that's what we had right so my my class teacher in red every time we used to have something called a welcome test like which means when you come from you come first day that you've come back from a holiday you have to take a test 20 percent of your grade does it on your one day (laughs) your first day back yeah, welcome 20. test. It's called a welcome oh, test for a reason. So once we get our welcome test grade back, so in my my class, Red, which was, again, the top class, my teacher, Mr. Derube, hmm, I remember him just as GS3. All right, here is your rundown into the Nigerian school system. Are you following? Nursery school in Nigeria is what we would call kindergarten in North America. And then after nursery school in Nigeria, then you move on to primary school, which is really just the same as elementary school, um, except... Primary school in Nigeria is six years, while it's five years in elementary school. And then after primary school, you move on to secondary school, which is really your combination of middle school and high school in North America. But instead of the five, seven years you have in middle school and high school, you have six years in secondary school. Now, are you still with me? In secondary school, we have your junior secondary school, which is your GSS 1 through 3, and you have your senior secondary school, which is your SS 1 through 3. So really, it all adds up to 12 years anyway between primary school and secondary school, just as it, as it adds up to 12 years in North America. And also a little add-on, since there's a bit of reference to the UK system, year basically is the same as grade. Got it? If you had less than 15 on out of 20, just be ready for your beating. And again, Mr. David Ben knew me. He knew my mom. Everybody knew my mom. That was actually the unfortunate thing for me. So, <laughs> so he would beat me extra. If he beat everybody four, he would beat me six. Like he would beat me extra all the time. Or oh, there was one particular test though that people didn't really pass on. So that test, that was when he said if it was less than 10, 10 was a cutoff. Because, but normally it was less than 15 out of 20. Mm-hmm. You get beaten. And if I happen to fall there, like I know I'm getting extra. Like I always got beaten extra because the teachers liked me. It made no yeah, sense that at makes all. No, sense. No, I think one, the one memory I know, I definitely got beat in school, like, or like having to do punishments, like sit on the air or. What's sit on the air? Oh, oh, you've never sat on the air. Well, maybe again, you know, I went to it a just, school. It just, it's, it's the same thing. Oh, same thing as sitting sit in the king's chair. It's just basically just sit. 
like oh with no, we had no a name chair. for that one i forgot what we call it but it's not we didn't call it sit on the air. i know what you're saying though but we didn't call yeah. it sit on the air it's just yeah so you basically like what you would do now as an endurance exercise yeah oh no what sits too was no yeah, that's punishment what's it what's it front jump all of those they were literally punishment <laughs> they were literally like, punishment yeah. but yeah so basically like a harder version of a wall sit because you don't you're not sitting again you're not leaning on a wall it's just literally you kind of in a mid squat basically no, but there's a worse one that we used to do, which is called Sugomobo. I don't know why, but it's like, sit on the air, but you have to like, suck, like, and do like that. Oh my god! It's very terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, they I call- remember, oh, go on. No, they called it like, I don't know why they called it that, but yeah, that was a thing. You had to sit on the air and then suck your thumb through your yeah, leg. Through your leg, yeah. Very good. Yeah, so you're pretty much standing on like one leg. Yeah. Actually, now that I think no, about that, it. That's why I always found pigpin to be the hardest because it's like literally you on one leg, other leg up in the air, and then your your balance is on your one leg and on your like literal singular finger that gets to touch yeah, the ground. Exactly. Like that's like a horrible yeah. exercise. That horrible punishment. I remember once though, I don't even know how it worked out, but I was supposed to get beat at school. And, and I just, I remember, like, I don't remember the full circumstances around it, but I felt somehow wronged. And I told my mom, and she actually came to school to make sure that it didn't happen. Oh, that's very I nice. was like genuinely shocked. <laughs> but yeah, she actually came to school to get me out, like, for whatever reason. But which again is an interesting thing because in this arc of being a, a, child of nigerian parents mm-hmm. it's not very often that your parents believe you yeah like like in general if someone complains about you your parents tend at least my experience is that your parents tend to take the word that they hear externally mm-hmm. and of they the will adult, like yeah. yeah especially if it's an adult and they'll treat you as such and i think also part of it is that they don't like there's a shame element always with these things with parents like Mm -hmm. they don't like the idea that somebody's talking about their child outside Mm -hmm. so if you're being talked about then you must deserve it and you're and you're doing the wrong thing Mm -hmm. so yeah that's i remember that one because it's like a mental one-off of when like my my mother believed me yeah (laughs) no i mean my mom was a teacher right and there was one particular class that she had where every morning when she got to school Every morning, every morning for that class. In fact, they already know they'll put the cane on the table. Huh. Two strokes of the cane, everybody. Say that so that their head will be correct in the <laughs> Just to stop. <laughs> I can't. Say so that their head I will be correct. <laughs> like, like before you showed up, you've already messed up. So collect two strokes of cane. So everybody, everybody in general, like to reset your brain for the day. Like, that was like, the- how is it how is this cane going to reset your brain how she said that the students already knew so they'll just have the cane waiting on the table for her <laughs> like, she makes it sound like breakfast <laughs> really <laughs> like okay you're just starting your day you know exactly get, have a little bit of cane and you'll be you'll be set right <laughs> you have the energy you need <laughs> and you'll be able to be focused for the rest two of the strokes, day everybody two strokes <laughs> I just like the idea of like just two strokes of cane, <laughs> <laughs> and your and your child, your students, set for a successful day. <laughs> like, oh, it's actually not <laughs> funny at all. But. It's not funny, but you know what? You have to allow to keep from crying. <laughs> yeah, and I really thought if I had a teacher who did this to me, I definitely would not be happy about that. Right. But- but like, how can, I you, mean, how can you open, you open your, your like timetable, your planner <laughs> schedule for the day and you just see like, oh no, not Mrs. <laughs> not auntie. So basically in Nigeria, the respectful way to refer to an older person um, is auntie or uncle, which is kind of different in school systems abroad. You'd say Mr. or Mrs. or Miss. So yeah, in school, you'd, re- you'd refer to your teacher as auntie or uncle. Then as you enter auntie's class, yeah. two strokes on cane. Two strokes every day. I can't. <laughs> A lot. But yeah, no. I mean, I in unnecessary bits in my school. Like, I feel like if it was things that I actually deserve to be beaten for, 
if at school, usually I really remember being beaten in secondary school a lot. Primary school, I don't remember being beaten like that much. Honestly, I don't know that people really beat people by primary school. I mean, I'm sure they did, but I just don't remember. My secondary school, though, wild. Like, the times I get this, all these examples, I'm saying, like, things like getting less than 15 on a test or less than 10. Like, I don't know. Those feel like weird things to beat somebody for, but again, go off, I guess. But all the... <laughs> co- <laughs> All the conference beating stuff, it was never any my fault because they would just be like, something will happen and they'll say, okay, it was the GS3 students who did. Mm-hmm. And my own my own set, we were, I don't know, notorious human beings. Like every year that we're in that school, we had conference beating every single year because something will happen and maybe at one point, maybe it's like maybe they'll punish somebody, or maybe actually they're beating somebody on the stage, right? And maybe the person is chesting the cane, as we'll say. <laughs> they're not breaking down enough. Not what? enough tears. Yeah. Not enough like, suffering. Like chested it. Uh-huh. And, so, and so we hype, like, someone like, oh, hey, like hype them up. Like, and then, that and then ob- obviously everybody's going to get a beating after that. And then they'll just like, oh, yes. They'll say, okay, they'll look at, because you know, you used to line up by your class. So look at where that noise is coming from. They say, oh, yes, three students, get on your knees, wait after assembly before you know conference beating they set up everybody's beating so my year every single year that we're in that school we always had some one reason or the other for the conference beating every can, year but can i ask why knowing like you know what I, i'm i'm blaming you people why was and i have to ask this about like uh why was chesting a point of pride when you know that if you don't cry under that cane or if you look like it did not hurt you you're only gonna open up. Oh, I always chested. I always chested. I'm sorry. I always chested. <laughs> like you just get smart because it's a, it's a point of it's a point of pride. I know it's a pride. We, we it's had two, a pride we had two girls thing. in my class who could not chest, and Miriam Lawal and and, and <laughs> like, what's her name? <laughs> hey, hey, Odubanjo. Yes. Oh, I remember their name. Oh, <laughs> Come I, I remember. I, I can see her face. Lara Odubanjo. Lara Odubanjo. That's her name. Miriam Lawal. Lara Odubanjo. I remember. I remember who couldn't chest. I remember. Because this this was disgrace us. We're just like why? Just what? like chest it and move along. <laughs> chest the king. But they never ha- but you would have never gotten a conference beating because of them. No, we haven't. Exactly. But one time one teacher actually got annoyed that I chested again this conference mm-hmm. beating thing. As I move, and I hate getting beaten on my back, like on my butt. Because let's move on. The back is terrible, right? I usually so, got hand, like palm. Oh, in my sister, my school, used to do palm. It used to do palm, but we had one one warden that used to beat on the palm, and like, would, if if I was going to get beaten on the palm, I used to give my left hand because one time one of my friends got beaten on her right hand, and her, her hand split. She couldn't write. Oh my gosh! Legitimately, her palm legitimately split. So I learned my lesson. If you're going to beat me on my hand, I'll just give you my left hand, yeah. and I'll just like put my hand out and turn my face to the other side, yeah, and like you just do what you. I will literally just be there. And then you'll be done and I'll carry my hand and I'll go. Like, but again, it's failing me, but okay. But like, but I still hated that one. Palm was bad, but back was the worst. So butt was usually mm. the way to go. But I remember this day, like this teacher, he was the last table in the conference line of the beating. So I got beaten. Like I'd already finished taking, and I guess he was like pained that I was chesting. And so as I was walking away, he just like whipped me on the <gasps> back. Ah. <sighs> but again... Chester, as it, as still. it as a I didn't even look back. I didn't even look back. I just, I just moved my shirt. I just did like this. I just kept walking. Like I didn't even look back, but it pained me. Like it pained me all, but I didn't, I didn't even look back. I just like dusted my shirt like this, and I just like walked away. Yeah. But I was like, dang, like why are you so pained though? You're not even getting beaten. Like this is not my fault. I didn't do anything Any of this, in this setup. And somehow, yeah. Oh, my school also used to beat people for five F nines. I went to terrible nines. Well, if you, okay, so when we were in secondary school, when you were in like SS class, like if you took your classes and you had five F9s or more, oh, you know now, A1, like your grade. Oh, okay, okay. Like yeah, yeah. if you had F. You well, failed, basically. You failed yeah, a lot. So it's, well, we have to understand the school I went to, like nobody in my secondary school ever said, how many A's did you have? We always say, mm-hmm. how many F's did you have? Like my school was hard. It was hard on purpose so that by the time we then took all these external exams, like we did so well. Mm-hmm. Like my school was actually, it was ridiculous. Like even as like one of the top students, I guess we'll say in my school, like I still had F9s. Like it wasn't a, a surprise. Like okay. nobody would say like how many A's is always like, oh, how many F's? Like so kind of, so again, as I said, like even in red, right? Where it's like, whatever, like it was a standard type of thing. I remember like, so I was part of this group called Jet, where we used to represent the school in competitions. And there was one year when one of the girls who was in Jet with me, she also had five F9s. And we were like literally the top of the, like, of the, mm. <laughs> whatever to re- represent the schools and competitions and stuff. Like we literally would have extra school, so much extra school, right? So it was like, my school was like really difficult. Um, So, but five F9s after, at the end of the term, then you have to come and get your bits in. 
And <laughs> <laughs> that was not enough. For, they had to publicly can. embarrass you, so you had to shave your head, like shave, bald headed, like actual <laughs> bald headed. <laughs> wow. We used to cut. We had local. I know that. I know that some schools. Yeah, you have to, some you have to like be bald headed, not just look. No, just look. Actually, be bald headed. It feels like, like something out of like a shame scene in like Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. can I just say we're not normal? These <laughs> things are not not like hindsight is not gonna look favorably on any of this. It's so it's literally like shame culture. Shame and it's shame culture and then it's violence, like actual violence. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we used to when I saw the shame culture is deep, like I talked about like even splitting people up by like how brilliant you are just seems terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not enough. At the end of every term, they'll post the top 10 in every class and the last 10. That one is standard. For us in in primary school, we had like, you you would accumulate stars. And the chart was there for everybody to see. There's a chart. And as you get certain grades or do certain things, they will add your stars. And then the way they count the positions of who is in, like, who, who... who comes first, who comes second. It's literally like they count the stars. Mm-hmm. So they're not telling you top 10, but throughout the whole year, you can see how you're pacing against everybody and you can see who has the lowest amount of stars and you can see who has the highest amount of stars. And of course, you're like, you're trying to get first. If you're not first, you're trying to be in the top three. And you're definitely trying to not carry last. <laughs> yeah, this one, though, they will put it on big uh, signboard. I mean, poster. Yeah, we had, it's literally like, like yeah, a big poster board yeah, in, the, and in our classroom. Put it in prominent place. It's not in your classroom, or oh. it's outside, like prominent places around the school for every class. <laughs> just, they're using shame as a tool of edu- like it's just shame culture up and down everywhere. It's really just horrendous. Ah, God, that yeah. school. It was a lot. It was actually a lot. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like I didn't do secondary school, or like I I didn't. Well, I think I. I didn't even finish primary school in Nige, technically. Like, I think I got up to... I think I started primary six and then moved. And, like, again, going abroad, going to live, living in Brunei and attending British school, like, nights and day. I remember, go, I remember like, the actual shock I felt of not calling my teacher uncle. <laughs> that was, what like, you have to shock one. Like, it was just Mr. I think my first teacher was Mr. Nick in year five just like mr and first name not mm. even because th- yeah in that school they went by first name in my in my school after that it was it was a last name mm-hmm. that you'd refer but it was like yeah like again night and day and also i do think nigerian schools the way you, you talked about your school being hard like i was deaf i like as i entered my new context i was more than academically prepared like yeah you're definitely like it was a, a situation where i was a better student like i yes. had i already that knew one I, I agree beyond i ended up skipping year six because like it was an entrance test to go into year seven and i did the test and i did well in the test so i was able like i already had the academic knowledge to skip a skip a year mm-hmm. so i did that but like it's just so how different everything is like there was there were there's obviously there's academic recognition and there's all this stuff but it's just framed in such a different way your scores and your your report card and all that stuff is private it's not like shouted up and down for the whole world to know who did who did what you know who did well and what your teachers are having conversations with you encouraging like I will never forget and I've actually been thinking about this because I I listened to you a sermon from my church where like I'm one of the pastors Bobby she mentioned sending a letter to a professor who um who she had attended his class and like it had a big impact on her and so she just messed like emailed him like years and years later mm-hmm. just to say like oh wow like years ago you taught me and this had a big impact I remember when I was in year eight I did a cl- like I was um we all had to do this aptitude test and again I think I definitely had a bias in the aptitude test because in Nigeria, like you used to do verbal reasoning, quantitative reasoning. And a lot of those tests are like the IQ test, mm-hmm. like things about sequences and about like, like, it's literally like the way they test for intelligence was part of what we used to learn in school in night. So mm-hmm. I'm sure I had a leg up, 
But we did a test that was like just like a, a, an aptitude test when I was in year eight. And at that point, I was doing perfectly fine in school. I was getting like a lot of B's, C's, B's and mm-hmm. C's, maybe one A here, one A there. I did the aptitude test and I did really, really well. Like, I didn't even know that I did well because, again, you don't know other people's scores. Yeah. But t- I think I probably did the best in my class. And my history t- teacher, Mr. Bushin, he was like, he literally was like, just like an old kind of like round British man. I think he had, he was like g- gray, but had like a, some red, like ginger in his hair and beard and stuff. And he just, one day I was walking I think we might have just had an assembly or whatever and I was walking and he just came to me and he was just like, you're really, really smart and you should be doing a lot better in school. And I just, like, he, it wasn't a deep convo. He didn't say much. And again, it's not like I was even doing poorly. He was just like, you're really intelligent. And I, like, from there, like, literally from there, I started getting better grades. And I was, like, wow. getting grades at a level that was, like, some one of the best in my class. Like, it, I don't know what it was whether it was just like, I don't know, but somehow it intersected perfectly that mm-hmm. he, I just felt like, oh, like, he, I'm smart. Like, I can yeah. do better. And it just clicked yeah. for some reason. And yeah, like, from then on, I, I, my academic performance in school was like amongst the best in my, like, for years. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like such a weird little yeah. thing. But I didn't but like find... See, that's a, in the situation where like shame isn't the... The driver. It's like the driver. And because I, I think, like, the, in a way, I don't know, it's not quite the opposite experience, but my experience was, of course, like very different. But for me, it was also a thing of just like always fighting to hold on because, like, if I'm not this, then what? Mm-hmm. And legitimately knowing that I was going to be shamed for that. Like, yeah. there was one year or one term, it wasn't even a year, it was a term where I wasn't in the top 10. I was 11th. Um, this was sometime in GS3. And the worst part, and I don't, I, it sounds terrible when I say that, the worst part of being not being in top 10 was like there was one girl that was ahead of me um, in the top 10. And that was a terrible term for me. Because What the do you mean shaming, one girl? Like, so normally, even when I didn't come first, so when we first came into the school, mm-hmm. like, I came first out of a thousand and hundred people or something. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of knew who I was again, because like, it's such like a whole out oh, and the person who came first is a girl, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. So like, even when I wasn't trying, like people already knew who I was. And then the second time I came third. And I think when I came first, I just came to the school. So I didn't, didn't I wasn't, I was just doing my own thing. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know I was in competition. I feel like I do better when I don't think I'm in competition with anybody mm-hmm. else. So I didn't think I was in competition with anybody else. I was just like doing my own thing. Right. And then I came first out of a thousand, like first overall. So, and then the second time I came third and I remember like my mom, it was a terrible holiday. During the holiday, if I wanted to do anything, even remotely playful, I was like, hey, blah, 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 that's how you came third in school. Again, let's wow. clock that it's third out of 1,100 people. Like, it's not as if I've been, uh, like, I've, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not as if I've failed. And then the third term, I came second. And I remember I got my results and I was crying. Because I already knew that this is going to be a very terrible holiday for me. But I think my mom saw that and felt bad. So she was like comforting me to not cry anymore over my second. But like that kind of went on like GS2. Like I was always still like top 10, but my grades were like, like other people were also like, it was always a competition, right? So mm-hmm. it kind of like became more and more. But even when I would be like fourth or whatever, again, out of like a thousand whatever people, like even when I would be fourth or whatever, it was always, I was always still like the top, it would always just be boys ahead of me, mm. right? So that was like a thing where we like, okay, well, the top girl is me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like other people. So maybe if we're, if we're studying in, in the hostel or whatever, like people will still come to me, blah, 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 blah. Like, but that term in GS3 when I came 11th, there was another girl on the top 10 list. She was also in my class. Like I was in red. So we're all in red, all the people. So mm-hmm. she was, So there was another girl. Like, and so I remember that was a horrible term because the shaming I got, not just from teachers, but from my classmates as well. Ooh, like be, they were so, they would mock so much. Like it would be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's go to one day for help. That was her name. Let's go to you. Let's go to one day <laughs> for help. you remember. <laughs> Oh, yeah, one day of the swear, yeah. by name. <laughs> one day of the swear, I remember we called her mosquito. Um, like <laughs> she was called, she was little. Um, so it was like, but also we also call her little but mighty. Like she had a mm. like. <laughs> so, let's go. To, like, but they will be like very obnoxious. Like, they'll, they'll, like they'll come. Oh, they'll be like, oh, sorry. And then they'll be like, let's go to one day. Oh, like wow. they were like very like horrible about it. 
anyway, I would say that was the last time that happened to me because um, by after that term, oh no, 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 I pulled it back together. I mean, I wasn't first, but I like, I took back yeah, my, like, my, my, your, first your identity. It became, it literally became yeah. my identity. And like going to, when I even ended up in the US and going to Howard, like that didn't help. Because mm. as you know, like I was dealing with like a lot of like body image issues and even just feeling like I didn't belong as this immigrant who just was so different all these ways where I kind of felt like if I wasn't the smartest one in the room, like if people weren't, if I wasn't the person that people came to for help with school, like like literally no one would even know where I was. Mm. Like it, I, my identity like literally like became so wrapped up in that. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Not great at all. No, I think I've, I definitely had a similar experience with, um, even though to be honest, that's one place where I'll give my dad, I'll give my dad props on there was definitely a shame element to our grades but there was also a reward element I remember one year my dad like I I don't know if I remember this exactly correct but he literally like paid us out our A's wow. and I think I think it, I think it was something sweet like a hundred dollars or it was something mad like per A like he gave us like monies per A wow and he used to also try to reward us for like saving. So every once in a while, randomly, he would just ask us like how much money. He would just be like, bring the money that you saved. And if, if he catches, if you have been saving, he will literally multiply your money to, by That's two or nice. three times. Yeah. He used to like incentivize things like that. So that was um, interesting. But I just like that idea. Yeah. To encourage saving. Yeah. It's like, like. I like that. I thought it was like, it was actually like quite a good one. And, and he didn't not. He he would multiply everybody, so it wasn't a yeah. Oh, you was, didn't save. It was like the so proverb you know, in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was literally like this is the lot. This is what I allotted you. Let's see what you've done with it. But yeah, I think definitely like in high school, and you know, similar deal. Like I had a lot of body image issues. I was definitely much rounder in every way that I am now. I definitely like, it's also strange how a lot of the identities that you have in high school, like they don't feel like they leave you. Cause I was definitely like the fat kid. It was a few, it was probably from maybe to the age of like eight or nine till about four, 14. I think at 14, I started like doing sports and I like lost quite a bit of weight pretty naturally. Um, but I always, that experience was so defining and like the things that were said about me and the things I heard about myself and felt about myself in that time that like, I don't know that it's ever gone away as a voice Mm -hmm. in my head. But when you have, when you're like that and you have all those insecurities and stuff, you now position yourself, you try to find what your own thing can be. And after that wonderful conversation where I realized I am actually smart, like, being intelligent became a really, really, really big part of my identity and carried through, like I got good grades. I did great at my GCSEs. I got, I remember like I was in the paper for my GCSE grades cause they were like the highest with alongside my best friend. We got like the exact same number of A's and A stars. Um, and then I did my A levels as well. Got really good grades there. And then I went to university and like for a whole host of reasons, like I really, really struggled with certain things in university. Mm-hmm. And I ended up missing honors by like 0.4. All right, more school background. So honors is just an additional designation added on to your um, degree in the North American university system. And I remember crying so much. I remember crying so, so much that I missed honors. I, it was actually like, po- sorry, not 0.4, like point zero, yeah, sorry, 0.4 is a lot actually. That's like several grades in yeah. there. By 0.04, I missed honors. And I like, I just felt like a big part of who I thought I was like had come into question. And again, like in a Nigerian context, 
I think the emphasis on grades and school and your education and stuff and academia as a whole is very heavy. Yeah. And the emphasis on like what you do in university and how it's going to inform who you become. Again, shock to me when I realized that, oh, people have jobs that they didn't actually study. None like, wow. <laughs> like, wow, it doesn't matter. You can literally and you can build a whole bunch of transferable skills. You can find something else that you like. Most people change their career field like mm-hmm. several times in life. I didn't know all these things. I just thought like, I'm failing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just interesting how like yeah all that stuff it just doesn't leave yeah or like or or it takes a lot for it to leave and i think when that that university time i think especially with the way we grew up they really frame it as like this very very definitive like everything about your future rests on a going to university but b picking the right course excelling in the course and not even in alternative ways because obviously it's not even a broad view of like oh a lot a lot comes out of your time in university as per you have so many opportunities here make sure you use it to like get a good internship you can study abroad it's not like that it's not it's not based off of like oh look at all these cool things you can do in this time window it's like a this time window determines your future success (laughs) I had so people try to discourage me from studying abroad because it would affect my grades. And I studied abroad in my junior year. And at that point, like, well, I only graduated with 1B, which was, I got an 89.88, which is still, of course, the fact that I still remember exactly, I was 0.12 it really from was A. bothering you. Well, it's bothering me. Honestly, only because I didn't deserve a B, but that's a different story. But my point being that people were like, oh, you know, if you study abroad, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, because I was on track at that point, like, to be potentially valedictorian i mean i was eventually but at that mm. point it was a potential like it was a potentially valedictorian like, like no blah blah if you do this like you know it could affect your grade you would do this and like i really i mean thankfully the 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 desire to study abroad kind of outweighed that where mm. i was like no i'm still going to find a way to do it and still find a way to like not have it affect my grades and blah 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 but still it was such a factor in so many things like i remember wanting to even take like a music class or whatever mm. like a an instrument type thing where I didn't because I was like, well, what if I'm bad at it? And then I fail. And then you don't get a good and then I, grade. And I, I don't get a good grade. <laughs> right. And which seems like a terrible it's mindset so, to have. Again, and like, I think because of course the generation that is directing us, their mindset is about doing these, following the recipe to stand on your two feet. Right. It's like, we know that law engineering, um, being medicine. an account- accountant, medicine, those are the ones we know. And we know those people can get jobs. And we know that those jobs can help them build a stable life. So when, like, there's a whole bunch of people. I, I think I think maybe, I think, I'll think of, like, the people who started studying tech five, ten years ago. That first set of Nigerians who were like, um, actually, I want to do computer science. Or actually, I want to do... That then was a tough sell. Yeah. Like to study tech was a tough sell. And it's like, obviously, when we look around now and it's yeah. it's the smartest decision. It's an it's growing, thriving. There's so much. But they just didn't see. Past... I didn't really face that one. Like, oh, yeah. With, in terms of what I mean, I so I was doing information communication technology. Right. Which like. Yeah. Anyway, oh, information systems was my mm-hmm. major. Well, information communication technology when I, went to, when I was investing in Nigeria, that's why that was in my head. Mm-hmm. So when I was, it was called information communication technology. And like, I think like, it was just like, okay, well, I don't know. My parents just, I don't know. They didn't just come for me for like that, that one. But I will say like, I remember when I was younger and, I, and it was like one of those like, oh, what do you want to become? And I was like, I want to be an, I want to be an actress. Um, my, dad had, <laughs> my dad literally, he hissed. He literally hears. I, I. He's probably cannot. You probably would never remember this. They never do. I remember, yeah, that's the other. He, that's the other part. I'm, they never. They this, never like, do. My dad was like. My dad was obsessed with this idea of having three doctors, like all mm. three of his children being doctors. Like, I know. Isn't that a joke? <laughs> Not even one. <laughs> Not really a single one. So. <laughs> like obsessed with it. Like he would be like, oh no, three doctors. Oh, no, three doctors. Three doctors. Three doctors. Like. They, <laughs> and so for a while there again because it was like expected i was like okay you know what i'm like go yeah. and do this like i will be in science class i'll be this doctor thing and i even remember that even when you're in, if you're, when you're in gs class right if you are not if you are smart if 
you're considered brilliant and you were going to art class, people talked about it like a waste. Like, I remember this one girl. <laughs> and you say I remember everybody's Dude. name, Grace Yakubu. <laughs> Grace! <laughs> free them! They are literally no, no. living, they are living in your head rent-free. No, let like, them go. No, but like, I'm, saying, I'm saying like, Grace was like brilliant because I remember mm-hmm. when we did our GS3, um, like after GS3, you know, you do a GS, uh, junior second, uh, a G- GSC exam, right? You know, mm-hmm. you do that. Or GSC exam, junior secondary certification examination or whatever. So when we had done the mock one, like they then chose like 10 people who did the best in math, like our math exam, like from all the classes. Of course, we didn't know they were going to do this. And so during the holidays, you're supposed to just enjoy your holidays mm-hmm. because you are just waiting to go to SS class. There's nothing for you to be doing, really. But then they were like, oh, no, all you 10 people come to school during the holiday to come and do a math extension. So we had, like, an intensive, like, math training for the whole summer Mm -hmm. where we only studied math. Um, But Grace, my point being, like, we're only three girls out of the seven. Grace was one of them. So I say this to say she was, like, really brilliant, right? And so, of course, by the time we then want to split off, she decides to go to art class. And I remember a lot of teachers just they must have talking their about eyes. that. Like, yeah, like she was wasting her life or mm-hmm. wasting her whatever, which like doesn't make... So there was kind of this pressure of like, oh, if you're saying we're like, you must go to science. Yeah. I even have one of my friends now where we went to secondary school together and he says like, he actually strongly believes that I should have been in the arts, like just because of how my mind works with certain things. Like, you know, I'm interested in a lot of like artistic type mm-hmm. stuff but also like a lot of science stuff as well which does mm-hmm. I, I don't know but he always like thought that i should have been doing that <laughs> more. That's he the, just like never understood that's the other part like there isn't there also aren't as many frameworks even though i do think like i was definitely very privileged like my my even in even when i lived in nigeria like i think my parents did try to give me a few outlets even though the outlets were based on what they thought was um for intelligent kids so i remember like playing chess and doing like chess lessons as a kid and then also then i think about when i moved on to to, um, secondary school like there was so much room in that framework because i was abroad and there were so many resources it was like yeah you have your academic life but then there's all these after school activities like i was in a band for several years i was in a few bands over several years so i did lots of music stuff i played football i played basketball i i did like so many i did like i i was on yeah i was a sprinter i threw discus and javelin like i did athletics like there was a whole well-rounded but i think a lot of that is just having the resources and in a lot of frameworks like that doesn't exist because that was not my reality at all yeah because i'm like Thankfully, that decision was not left up to my parents because I don't know how much they would have actually supported. Yeah. Like, by the time you're in these schools abroad, like, it's just a part of... You have your sc- your schooling and then there's literally, a like, an ASA sign-up day where you get to see all the different things. And that's how I tried dance. I tried a whole bunch of things because it was just... And because it was also, like, a pop boarding school. So your parents are actually not doing as much influencing mm. in your day-to-day because you're like, we're, we board during the week and then go home at weekends. They're not doing any influencing in your day-to-day. And I wonder, like, if they were, how much of that extra orishi-orishi they would, I would have actually yeah. gotten in because there might have been a bit more emphasis on, like, supplementing my academics with more academics. <laughs> no, but that was that was my life. Like, I mean, I had regular school and then my mom would pay for lessons for me with my teachers. Yeah. And then on top of that, I was in JET, which means that, like, so I remember when I was, by the time I was in SS, like, my SS class, I think I, I was taking nine classes with regular school and then mm. in jets i was taking 16 classes there you go that were not like, my regular that? school work <laughs> like, and I, I have to even go to school on saturdays as well um like it removes it a lot it removes the whole framework of like because most people are not even the, even the way you talk about your friend saying oh that he thinks you could have been in the arts like perhaps but clearly you also have an interest and an ability in this in the sciences and more technical things and like growing up in that way just removes your ability to like, you don't have to be a singular thing. Like, you can yeah. be multifaceted, yeah, and that's even, not promoted. Even the idea that... Because when you when you do your GS3 exam, you have to somehow say, I'm going to science, commercial, art. Mm-hmm. The idea that, at best, in GS3, you are what? You finish uh, primary six at 11, if you if you really do primary six. Um, and then three years, at best, you're like 14, mm-hmm. right? Maybe. 
14 or 15 maybe like if you're even and i mean for me i, I think i was 12 if i'm yeah. if i mean on a but for most people you're like 14 or 15 and somehow you're supposed to say know what you want to do for the rest of your right. life and then choose a path of like commercial science or arts that like based on basic classes that you've done and then like that was it for the next three years and that yeah. would determine what you can study in university because nobody's collecting an art student to go study accounting yeah for example like nobody's doing that like it was I look back on him like that wasn't like a 14 year old or 12 year old like how are you, how are you supposed to that decision how are you supposed to know like there yeah. is no way for you to know and i remember like being in ss3 finally at 15 um yeah i finished at 15 and having to like apply to schools or uh, yeah, apply like not apply but when you take the ss class uh, um, the sse yek exam right you have to say what schools like and what you want to go study at the schools when you're filling out the forms and stuff and I mean, my parents, I said, my dad had been like on this medical thing for a while. And then I was kind of like, nah, I actually don't think so. Like at that time, I was like, I don't think that this makes sense for me. Like, this is not the life I want. So I had to like now start scrambling, like, well, what should I do with myself? Mad. Like, I remember then I used to be like, I want to be a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And and then I talked to, I remember one thing that she said to me, she's like, dealing with healthy kids is a much different thing than dealing with sick kids. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, she's a doctor. And so I also just realized, like, in general, Sha, this is not the life I want. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, well, what should I do? Well, I'm in science class. Now, what can I say that I want to do? And I remember, like, being like, I want to be a physiotherapist. Ask me, really, what a physiotherapy really does. I don't no think idea. I knew then, and I don't think I know now. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, but that was what I ended up feeling out that I wanted to do. Yeah. No clue what the heck I was actually doing with myself at that point. I mean, thankfully, all of that didn't work, but I ended up in school for information communication technology, which, again, like, this was me. I didn't even it didn't even enter my mind that like that was a thing but mm-hmm. by the time i ended up like going to private university like that was one of the costs like, i looked at the courses that all of those ones had in sciences i was like hey this is the only one that makes like even seems remotely interesting to mm-hmm. me that's how i made that decision i was like oh this is actually fun and that's kind of how i ended up like computers and stuff and mm-hmm. like oh wow i actually enjoy this i literally fell into it when people ask me like how i i, I, I fell into it yeah i didn't know to think about it as a thing but I just like happened to fall into it because oh, I didn't get into like public university. Um, well, I got in, but you know how all of that works with the nepotism and like, yeah, yeah. you know, we, mm-hmm. yeah. So I didn't really get in for the program I wanted. They wanted me to do like zoology or something random like that. And I'm the like, no. no, they offered me zoology or botany. And I'm like, no, like I'm not doing that. So I ended up in private university and like they had like all these few science courses. And one of them was information and communication technology. After I like, saw the explanation of all the science classes that's the one that made sense to me that was like okay sure i'll do this one so i did that and then left and then decided to just continue on that line or whatever that's how i fell into that but like i think maybe that's why actually my mom couldn't really complain because it was me going to private university and they didn't really have like they didn't have medicine at that school so it was kind of a thing of like well what are the ones that they have there wasn't really much that could be complained about in that sense and then by the time i moved to the u.s like well, nobody really said anything. But I know when my sister was trying to do journalism or mass communication, I always, no, she did mass communication. You did journalism, she did mass communication. Yeah. Like, my mom really put up a fight. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of fight for my sister and be like, please let her do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole thing, like, well, how many black people do you see, like, on the TV station? There's, like, mm-hmm. there was, like, like all this it's kind of... Lot mindset like they my mom literally fought on like even have random no i shouldn't say random but like my mom's friends or people will come and like so will try to like my mom will tell them and they'll try to have a conversation with my sister trying to persuade her to do something more marketable more this more that and i was like i just saw my mom like let her do what she wants like if the concern is like not a lot of people of color are succeeding in this then pray that she'll be one of the people who at least a few are succeeding like she yeah. let her be one of them like she, there's there's no reason why she can't be one of them like i had to fight for my sister to be like please yeah. free her to do what she actually wants to study but they actually stood in her way i remember that much yeah. like i think yeah when i think about stuff like like i think about my dad and he was comfortable with our hobbies like he definitely like paid for me to get guitar lessons bought me two guitars like but when it came to what to pursue in an academic front like as you mentioned the thing about your dad reacting to that reacting to you wanting to be an actress like i literally Mm -hmm. had a flashback to my dad's reaction to my sister wanting to be an actress because that day i like i literally had to be like she's just a child like you you don't like why would you react so like yeah vividly like so negatively like be so vehement about something that is like a child's dream is so mm-hmm. it seems so strange to me and i think also because of my affinity for music i just always just thought to myself like i always want my sister to feel free to pursue 
other things in a way that I don't feel free to. Like, yeah. I don't, I never felt like I could pursue. It, it's funny now because my, par- my parents, both of them will, will ask about like, how's your music? Or like, what are you doing? Da, da, da. And obviously I'm rarely ever doing much, but like it was, again, it, some, some things don't even have to be, even though the, some of the music stuff was outright spoken, some things don't have to be spoken. You sense the mm-hmm. energy of the reaction of like what it would take for you to do it. And because by then, again, going back to like how you're brought up, the they've already beat out the, caref- the carefree nature mm-hmm. from me. Yeah. So I'm now left with my obliging, obedient nature wanting to please nature and nothing in it felt like I could do like I always like I always had dreams I remember like wanting to be a musician or wanting to even like I want to be a football player for a mm-hmm. long time like I, well, I loved sports and I did well at them like one side thing that I've liked that I've seen recently is that I just see so much more about women in football and I'm like growing up like that that was not a thing there were a few stars but like if you were a girl who liked football like it just, you do not see a tangible path. So I'm glad yeah. that the girls who do, like, there's so much more for them. But anyway, like, I think back to when it was time for me to go to university, I had applied to do, um, to study French and Spanish if I was staying in the UK and study journalism if I was leaving and going to the US. Interestingly enough, my thought when I, in, to, of what to study in the US was actually public relations which is a lot more similar to what I do now. Like yeah. I'm in corporate communications, but I think cause it was just a term that my dad didn't necessarily recognize. He, he just was so against it. And he really, really wanted me to be in the sciences. And I knew this. So by the time I was doing my A-levels, I literally removed all science. Cause I didn't want to be in a situation where I would be forced. So I ended up studying like French, Spanish, psychology and English. Like, and I did music for AS level, like for one year. But I knew that if I studied maths and I really was good at biology and chemistry and I was really good at maths. And I, and I actually at one point tried to study maths as well, but it just clashed in the, like I, I couldn't study maths and English. So I had to pick one. Um, I, want, I, I didn't want to rule it out for myself completely, but I just knew that like, if I go down this road, it'll be so hard to say no when the moment comes and they're like, oh, you should go and do um whatever whatever sciences which is so crazy because like i think there's a part of me that would have loved to be like a researcher but i just knew that if i if i didn't make that decision then Mm -hmm. i would have been locked in in a way i didn't want to be and then when it now came to the journalism public relations thing like i think my dad which is ironic because journalism already then was like a dying field But which I'm, I still adore as a field, but I always knew I didn't want to be a journalist. Like I liked writing, but I always knew I didn't want to be a journalist. But I think for him, it felt like something that he knew. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what made him, more, I don't even know. But ultimately, like till this day, a big part of me wishes that I still studied French and Spanish. Like, I talk to you all the time about how I really want to yeah. learn languages. And I couldn't because like what ended up being my decision maker is I'd always wanted to go to the US and experience a different culture and everything. But like my big decision is like, I wanted to be far away. I just wanted to feel like a little bit more autonomous and not Mm -hmm. in a place where I just felt like, even though in the UK, I would have gone to St. Andrews University, which is in Scotland, which is like, it wouldn't have been an easy, there's just something where I just felt like if I'm here, I will just be controlled Mm-hmm. And whether it was true or not, it was what I believed. And I just felt like I needed to go somewhere further in order to just exercise a little bit of independence. Because I just, I don't know. I think I just felt like I just needed to be in a space where I could be me and be free. And not like I did anything with that. But it, <laughs> not like I went and I did anything with that. But it, I yeah. think it was just something that was playing on my mind about kind of falling under that pressure of having been the like. There's a lot of pressure that comes with the first girl stuff and a lot of ways that I was, even I knew at that time that I just, I just felt like I was, I was always trying to please other people with the decisions I was making. So I just had, I just had to always be inserting my slight rebellion, whether it was not studying sciences and maths or Mm -hmm. going to school in the US. I just felt like I had to always insert my slight rebellion at different places so that I I could feel like I was more in control of my life. Um, Being a kid that grew up is like, it's not easy. 
Like there's so much. I know, and it seems like all fun and games because you're a kid, but there's really a lot that you're figuring out in that moment. Like as as you go through all those years, trying to figure out what your path is, trying to figure out the expectations mm-hmm. that are placed on you, um, and which ones you need and to also the pressures to. you place on yourself as a result. Exactly, right? exactly. It's really, it's really rough. It's really challenging, but and yet, you know, look at us, we're here. All right. Grown. I know. And adults. And still figuring it all out, isn't it? Like, still figuring it all, <laughs> yeah. all out. And yet, in the middle of figuring this out as a child, you are out here trying to dodge beatings that is not even possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, we must get back to the beatings because I'm actually really curious to find out, like, I, we have a nice mix of listeners from different backgrounds. So I'm actually curious to find out, okay, who of us experienced beatings? Like, I'm not just talking about little spanks. Yeah, no. Little spanks here ones. and there. Little not cute spanks. Cute. <laughs> not those tops. Beating. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, like, I would be interested if you, if anyone wants to share, like, what the dumbest thing you ever got beat was for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because as you... Because we shared our Yeah, own. stories for days. <laughs> we want to hear more stories. But also, on a more serious note, like, another thing we talked about was, you know, as we find out what your identity is, or figure out who you are was there something growing up that your you shaped your identity around was there a core trait that kind of defined your identity as you grew up please let us know yeah please do hope you're well hope you're taking care and i think that's all we have for you that is all we have for you anyway thanks for listening to us just rant about our childhood (laughs) (laughs) this was fun (laughs) it was fun we laughed a lot even when we should really be crying. But we cried a lot in childhood. This, this is time true. To this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, right, I'll catch you later. All right, love you. Bye. I love you. Thanks so much for listening. Are You Me was created by the two of us. It's edited by our sister Misha and produced by our friend Falaran in partnership with Yawa. We love you guys. The music was produced by the incredible David, a.k.a. Dalet. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when we drop a new conversation. And if you liked what you heard, give us all the stars and a good review. And also, tell a friend to tell a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also send us an email at areyoumepodcast at gmail.com. We send out periodic newsletters with fun bonus content. Sign up on our website at ayumipodcast.com. Take good care of yourself. Till next time, this has been Are You Me? Me?